Los Angeles. You see it at night, and it shines. A beacon. People are drawn to it. People and other things. Come for all sorts of reasons. My reason? No surprise there. It started with a girl. Continuous Play Podcast and the Art of Slaying present Path to Redemption, an Angel Retrospective. Leading the investigation are Brian. Can everybody just notice how much fire I'm not on? And Jay. I will never trust you again. The trust is gone. These case reviews will be spoiler-filled and hypothesis-driven as we track the winding path of the vampire with a soul on his search for atonement. You know, there's a lot of people in this city need help. You game? This is Path to Redemption, an Angel Retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And today we're discussing Season 1, Episode 8, I Will Remember You, Episode 9, Hero, and Episode 10, Parting Gifts, written by David Grossman, Tucker Gates, and James A. Cotner. Buffy comes to L.A. to confront Angel about not bothering to see her while in Sunnydale, but a demon attacks, as often happens with these two, and some of its blood mixes with Angel's when he kills it, regenerating his body and making him no longer a half-human, half-demon, but fully alive. He and Buffy enjoy a romantic whirlwind, mixed with lots of food, oddly enough, over the course of a day, but when Angel tries to take out the demon again, he proves as useless as most mortals are in the fight against evil. Determined to fight the good fight, Angel bargains with the oracles to shift time back to the moment when the demon attacks so he can kill it without blood mixing. This will erase all of the happenings of the previous day for everyone except Angel, who sadly accepts this fate, takes out the demon, and he and Buffy remain at a distance. Next, Doyle has a vision of a group of Lister demons, who are half-breeds like him, on the run from pure-blood oppressors known as the Scourge. While investigating, Doyle and Cordy grow closer together, and he reveals his true heritage to her. When the Scourge arrive with a device, the Beacon, which will destroy half-breeds from a distance, Angel steps up to sacrifice himself in order to destroy it. But Dole intervenes, knocks him out, and shares a kiss with Cordy, and takes out the Beacon, but dies in the process. We learned that this kiss wasn't just a goodbye smooch, though. Dole transferred his visions from the powers that be to Cordelia, who's not so happy to have received such a present. Meanwhile, Angel is approached by a demon called Barney, who is being trailed by a rogue demon hunter. And when Angel investigates, we learn that that rogue demon hunter is none other than Wesley Wyndham Price disgraced former watcher. Turns out Barney wants to auction off Cordelia to the highest demon bidder, and Wesley and Angel intervene, thwart the plan, and Angel cooks breakfast for them, and after a lot of hinting and prodding, Wesley decides to stay around for a bit with Angel Investigations. And that's the combined plot summary of our three-episode swing here, Brian. So we sort of titled this episode in Path to Redemption, Here's to Love and Loss. Sort of a cheers to it, because that's very much a theme of these three episodes. Yeah, it's a, a theme at least in the in the first two, and then Cordelia dealing with loss in the second one. But then also we gain someone in the third one. So indeed, hey, Wesley Wyndham Price is back. I know, I the cannot. one guy everybody wanted to see again. I, I know, like <laughs> the most the most odd thing to put in. And I I remember when they put him on the show, I was like, really, Wesley? But <laughs> knowing where it goes, it's it's one of the best characters in all of the Whedonverse by far. And oh, his yeah. arc is incredible. So, uh, but that's, that's to come. He's still a bit of a sniveling dork at this point, but, <laughs> uh, but we'll get to him in a little bit. First though, we got to deal with 
uh, you know, our, a crossover, another crossover here. And I remember talking about Pangs back in season four of our Buffy review, The Art of Slaying, mm-hmm. where Angel kind of skulks around in the background and, does, and you know, everybody else knows he's there except Buffy. And then somebody lets the cat out of the bag at the end. And, yeah. of course, the, the payoff to that is she shows up in L.A., pissed about it and rightfully so <laughs> absolutely i mean she, she's like hey where do you get off i like this though and, and i had forgotten how good the interplay between sarah michelle geller and david boreanaz was uh you know because it's just again having not seen it on buffy for so long and then i haven't really seen it here either it, it, it's been a while since i watched them act uh, you know, with each other and work together and uh, they're really good i mean the chemistry there is undeniable the way that they're able to work together it is, and, and it's nice to see. You know, we've gone through, he left at the end of season three of Buffy, so this is really the next season. But we've mm-hmm. gone through almost half of the season on Buffy, where she's in college now, and half of the season on Angel, and they finally brought these two back together for an episode. And really, this is kind of like the, the, the big goodbye episode, you know? This is the, yeah. well, this is it for Angel and Buffy, the final hurrah. I mean, yeah, and they they really went after it in this one. I'll say, I mean, this is <laughs> Joss Whedon and David Greenwald like to toy with us, and you know, I, we we name it after the very <laughs> sad and and melancholy but wonderful uh, Sarah McLaughlin song, "I Will Remember You," and we build it around this great trope of you know, there's always a demon that attacks. I joked about it in the plot summary when Buffy and Angel are trying to you know converse with each other about their relationship because that's the nature of their relationship mm-hmm. is is built around that stuff. So it's it. You know, other couples have, you know, work noise and stuff. This is their work noise, you know, if you will. And, <laughs> oh, darn. Uh, yeah. And, and, but I love the fact that they, they just create this, I think they call it a moray demon or whatever. And I was like, who cares? It, it, I love that the, the trope is its blood is regenerative. And, and part of that regeneration is for the second time, we've given Angel a chance to walk around in the daylight to, to be somewhat normal, right? Yeah. Except this time he's fully human. And, I don't know. It's great. I love the way that they play it. The, the, the you know, and he he plays it so good for comedy. Is you know, you never know how much you know you miss food until you haven't had it in so long. Yeah, right. And I mean, he just like raids the little mini fridge in the office. It's hilarious. And then that just seems odd to me. Like he can. Mm-hmm eat why couldn't he eat I, I got like the, it goes through him like a ghost i know i, I got the sense that like because you know spike still ate and drank and stuff like that yeah. but i got the sense that for angel it, his tastes were just dulled to it that he just Maybe, didn't he know. didn't enjoy it the same way i guess you wouldn't i mean well, he's it, gotta it eat something sense. right well i mean he eats blood well, well we know that right you know? but so, yeah so and that's what he consists of at this point. But I don't know. I I like I like the trope of it. Like I said, I, it was funny. And then I love that his first idea is, uh, you know, don't tell Buffy what's happened to me. He sends Cordelia and Doyle out to, you know, go do something about this. And their reactions are great. You know, Doyle's happy for him that like, wow, you know, but but you know, trying to get him to slow down and sort of be perspective guy, which is funny for you know, Doyle to do. But Cordelia's worried about oh, I'm out of a job. No, of course, <laughs> right? so, yeah, <laughs> it's so. always about Cordy. So. Yeah, yeah. Which that, but you know what? I had forgotten that again. It's, I hadn't seen her in so long now because we hadn't watched this show while we were reviewing Buffy, and I'd forgotten that about her. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed her comedy in this. Yeah, she did a good job, and all around this episode was actually really well done. I thought it was interesting that you, you know Angel becomes human again, and what's one of the first things they do? 
oh, of course they go downstairs. The horizontal polka, right? Yeah. Well, what's funny and, is they try to act like that's not what they're going to do, and then they just totally well, go right. at each other. And it's like, <laughs> you think in the back of your mind, right? Like, mm-hmm. is this really a good idea? <laughs> well, but but I guess Angel thinks, hey, it can't be a bad one now. I'm human. You know, so it's there's nothing to turn me evil. There's this is the real thing. We can do this again and and again for the second time. Exactly, yeah. And and I think second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, <laughs> I mean, I think they they make up for lost time. Yeah, it's no doubt. But I love how he's raiding the fridge afterward. And she's like peanut butter, especially if it's crunchy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so they they get in. Uh, it's it's funny that he's like, I didn't know peanut butter and chocolate was so good. And she's like, Well, I figured if you couldn't enjoy it, why why introduce it to you? <laughs> so, yeah. But again, they nice. have great great chemistry here too. But we also get introduced to something else here a- along the way, and, and it comes up later in the episode. But the idea of the powers that be and the oracles. Now, I think they've dropped the powers that be because that's the source of the visions for Doyle, you know, so far. But the oracles is the new thing, and yeah. oh, what'd you make of them? Uh, I thought they were interesting. I like how they referred to everyone as lower beings and mm-hmm. why are you approaching lower being and all this stuff. And I really enjoyed the whole thing where he gave her the watch and she likes, oh, time. I love time. I know. I know. I'm like, he, cool. he gave her a, he gave her a cheap Timex. <laughs> it wasn't even <laughs> it was, anything good. Wasn't it a Casio? <laughs> yeah. Something. Yeah. No, I love what he got back. He's like, thanks for reminding me I had to bring a gift oil. Yeah, you know, so right. the next time he comes back with some like really expensive vase or something, but yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I, I liked them, though. I thought they were a neat trope. You had to have some way for him to communicate besides Doyle's visions, which are hazy at best, with that group of people. And so I, I like that they, they invented this little thing here and that they go there for and answers. they'll be and back, too. So, I mean, it's oh, not yeah. like they're going to just just a throwaway. But oh, I no. did. I like them, too, and I like how they interacted with each other, like the, mm-hmm. the, the male oracle didn't seem to care as have as much um empathy or or sympathy or any of that and the female had more of that more well i mean this isn't that the yeah. the trope you know the oh, father's well, the logical one the mother's the empath- empathy you know side of things right. i just like how they played that out in the yeah oracles or whatever you want to call them yeah well i mean what uh, let me ask you this i mean are they are they brother and sister are they well i don't what, think I, what I don't are think they? we're supposed I don't, to know that, but no, I, I'm just I'm speculating on that. So because I did find it interesting, I wouldn't even, especially this time watching it. Yeah, I wouldn't even take a guess at it. I, w- I would think they're just two higher beings that are in charge mm-hmm. of the gateway. Yeah, which is kind of neat that that's their role, you know. They, but they can fold time and they can tell things, and they they lay it out pretty clearly that you know you, you're no longer a part of our fight, so get out of our realm. This is mm-hmm. not for you anymore. You know, goodbye. You'll die. Thank you. You know, and that's it. And so he's like, I'm released. I'm no longer a curse. That's how he knows everything's good to go, or at least so he thinks. Right. So he he and Buffy go shagalicious. But Doyle, of course, gets the vision that "Ah, this demon is also regenerative and can regenerate itself. And it's planning something bad. You know, now that was what I was going to ask you. What exactly is the Moray demon like planning? Well, I I don't think they ever specifically say what he's planning other than he tells them that uh, there's an army coming. Right. And and the end of time is near, so I, I don't know if they actually spell out what he's planning or what big thing, or if he's just the messenger or what. And it, it doesn't seem like he's the messenger because he's actually trying to kill Angel now that he's turned him human. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, it came here to take one of the the, the higher warriors. beings mm-hmm. uh, warriors out of commission, and, and it did. succeeded. Yeah. yeah, it succeeded in that because it took him out, and he comes to realize what that means. And 
the the chance when Buffy's asleep and he's like, I'm not going to wake her up. I'll go take out this demon. And he thinks he forgets how much his vampire strength has kept him in fights oh, yeah. for years. And now, I mean, like I said, he's as useless as any other mortal. He feels yeah. the pain now, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, his back's messed up. He gets beat to hell. And Buffy really has to show up and kick the thing's butt. And she... She's the one that kills it by, you know, cracking the stone in the middle of its skull. Right. You know, and so, of course, she takes care of him. And what he realizes there is that, you know, I'm now just like all these other people that she has to protect that can't help her in a fight, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, I thought that was, I, I thought that was really neat that he had to come to that realization. And then he goes and he makes a bargain. Brian, yeah. he, has to, he tries to go bargain back. And I love the deal that they offer him. Because it is so, I mean, it is so Whedon-esque. It's like, okay, fine. You want us to fold it back, but guess what? You have to hang on to the memory of what you're letting go of for eternity. And you no know, one else no, knows. And no one else will know it, and they will never know it. You know, it'll be as if it never happened except for you. Yeah. And, and so it's another thing that Angel is going to have to live with. Yeah, and, now, let's talk about it for a little bit, too, because, yeah. you know, the Buffy reacts really negatively, obviously, because he she looks at him as being selfish for selfish reasons. And I want to ask you, do, do you think this is Angel being selfish? You know, I get that he wants to fight on the side of good, but I, I kind of agree with Buffy when she says that he was being selfish in that he didn't feel like he could do anything in the fight anymore, so he wanted to get back into it. He wanted to be what he was in the fight. I don't think Angel could ever play a supporting role. He could never, so, in his own mind, play that supporting role like Xander or somebody like that would play. And so he feels like he's got to be in the thick of it. And so in that case, she's not wrong. But I will say this. I think Angel makes the nobler choice. Because in in spite of the fact that he loves her more than anything else, and, and that's clear, he knows being together removes a big chess piece for the side of good and that's him and i don't think that's him being haughty he is that good he's that big of a chess piece for them and he he decides kind of like spock in star trek too you know the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one and so he makes that choice and i think it's the noble choice so his choice is nobility over love because exactly. he doesn't love her more than anything obviously because he chose something mm -hmm. over that he loves her more than anyone except the cause of what is right. Yeah. That, that's the better way of saying it. You're right. So, so. I, But I think he makes the noble choice, yes. And I think that, again, it's to hammer a point home to the audience and to him, as well as the character, is that he is going to have to live with all not only all the awful things he did when he was in Jealous, but also all of the the normal things he could he has to let go of in order to do this fight the same way buffy had to come to terms with that we talked a lot about that that was a really the biggest part of her arc in season five right was coming to grips with what it really meant to be a slayer mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know and what that was really all about and then ultimately the sacrifice that that takes and this and the thing angel knows is this is that everyone that is close to him he will outlive all of them and that that's something he's he's had to carry for years and will have to carry forever. And that's that's an underlying theme for him. And I don't think it's it's small in any way. I think that's a big part of who he is. Yeah, so, I would agree with that too. And mm -hmm. now let's talk a little just real briefly. The the Mora Demon says mm -hmm. that an army's coming and da da da. So we know in Buffy season four right now we've got this 
bleeping initiative <laughs> going on. Yeah. Is that what he's referring to, you think? No, I think he's talking about something much more sinister okay. and something bigger, something demonic and, and evil from the I didn't know side. if they were trying yeah. to tie it in because these shows were going on simultaneously. They, they were, um, and, I, so. and they were on the same channel at this point, too, it should be noted. So they were mm -hmm. both on the WB. Which so is I why we had crossovers, right? Exactly, yeah. Which is why you could do that. I don't think that's what he was referring to, though. I think he was referring to something bigger. And for all we know, Brian, he was referring to what was coming next in the next episode. You know, because that is a, yeah, a small army. I was going to say, I, I would say that's not what he's referring to. It's probably not. Because but, he's yeah. referring to more of the damage to Earth and, and humans and everything else, not right. damage to half-breeds and Indeed. demons. True, true. <laughs> you know? so, so, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Again, it, you can make an argument either way. I think he's talking about something much bigger, though, and... You know, the, the big evil of Wolfram and Hart, we still know is lurking out there. We don't know a lot mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. them at this point, but we know what they are. And so yeah. he could have been referring to something with that for all we know. And and I don't know. But the the point is, Angel now knows what it takes to stop the thing. And so he makes that bargain and goes back. And uh, what I love is the tearful goodbye with Buffy. Like, I won't forget. I'll remember. I'll remember. I'll remember. And sure enough, Flash Nope, she doesn't remember. And they're in the middle of that argument, and which is not really an, it's not a, it's not an argument in like in a you know yelling kind of way. It's very stern, very cold argument that they're, they're having. laying down the rules. <laughs> yeah, they, they really are about you stay your way and I go mine, and that's that's just how this is going to be now. And uh, and you know when the demon shows up, he clocks it right in the head, and that's it. And she's like, well, that that was fast, and he's like, yeah, I, I know what that is. I've had a lot of time to read. Right, I've been reading stuff. up. <laughs> and, and I love how when he looks down in a moment, she's gone. She's just walked out the door, and he's like, okay. Yeah. You know, and, that, and he just leaves on that moment. And I, was, I remember when this episode came on, I saw this. I was just gut-wrenched by it. And, uh, but well, and like, It's like I said, you know, this is the end of the Angel Buffy as we Dang. know it, right? This was well, yeah, the, the cursor saying, it's over. We're not going back and we're not revisiting. <coughs> You've had your final piece. Enjoy. Now we move on. Exactly. And, and, and you know, the, next time the, he, the next time he shows up in, in season four of Buffy, what does he do? Because of his fight with, uh, with <laughs> Riley. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we, they had that whole throwdown in the dorm, yep. which, is, uh, which is great. So, yeah, I, no, I, I think it's, it's a great way to end that. And to put these characters... On each other's side, so that they don't, they can't, you know, talk, not talk to each other or work together, but they can't be this romantic thing anymore. And they know that. Yeah. And to, to set that off, I think it's good, though. It's good for the sh both shows because the one thing that's, you know, the Buffy show is clearly established as to what it is. The Angel show is trying to find itself. Yeah. It's still in the first season. We're in the eighth episode. We're a third of the way through. And so I think it was good to it, deal with that. And I, I'll be honest with you. You know, the last swing of episodes we did, I, I didn't hate any of them, but I just wasn't really thinking we were getting much with a lot of them. I, I, really well, I think we were like still this, developing characters at that point. Yeah, we were, but I think this one really set things in motion that tell for the rest of the season. And so I, I had a good time with I Will Remember You for sure. But yeah, it's a good transition, though, into the next one, which is really Doyle's episode, because this is Doyle's goodbye. Um, and as it turned out, Glenn Quinn uh, would die not terribly long after this. So, um, hmm. you know, it was sort of his goodbye from, from the world. But, I, you know, they take out a major part of the team here, Brian. And, early, uh, too. Yeah. yeah, very early. I was, I mean, this is usually a mid-season thing, right? And well, you would Buffy. think it would be like a second or third season type thing, right? I mean, we've Hell, just yeah. established Doyle as one of the the lead characters in Angel Investigations, and then... Now he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah, I know. I, and I'm. All, I've always been curious as to why 
they made that decision. And I want to kind of get your thought on what you know. Why do you think they decided to axe him so quick? I, I honestly have no idea. I guess maybe they just didn't know where to go with him after that. I mean, I, I they will had say the whole Cordy thing going on, and they could have gone a little further with that, but. I know, but I will say this. The fact that that is mostly unrequited, I think, gives a little more layer to Cordy. And I, I like the fact that it wasn't completely uh, born to fruition. I, I think that it gives it a little heart in some ways. I, I really do. So I I like the idea of doing something that's really game-changing like this. Like You say, yes, it's usually a second or third season thing when we do this. But I, I like the fact that they, you know, took some gusto and said we're going to take out one of the main players here and yeah. and make them make them feel it i mean you know if you weren't feeling it before you about to feel it now you know and i don't know i i liked it i thought it was well done yeah i thought it was well done too i thought i thought this whole episode was interesting you know they they play on this group of people who are half breeds who kind of live in a community type setting did you get the feeling that they were all the same family or they were just a community of people they they were the same group of people i i took it as an allegory for like uh immigration and things like well, that it, well, it was yeah. it definitely was yeah. and they played that that card the whole time however yeah. they all lived in the same spot so I was, and it was a large group yeah. of yeah, and, that, and I, I took it as that. I, I, the, I want to back up for just a sec, though, because this episode opens with great comedy. After ending on such a dour note last time, the commercial idea that Cordy <laughs> is sort of laying it out, I'm the Dark Avenger. I, I, that was hilarious. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, that was great. And then to have Glenn Quinn try to do it and just stumble all through it, rats, rates, you know, it's, it's all that stuff. I thought that was hilarious. No, I did, too. I thought they, they did a good job with it. I mean, they're really... This episode was interesting. I remember watching for the first time going, okay, they're finally going to pull the trigger on Cordy and Doyle. Because mm -hmm. this is the episode where it's revealed that Doyle is a half demon. Um, to he her. doesn't. We've, we've known that, well, but she doesn't. I, right. We, yeah. uh, he doesn't even get to be the one to tell her. Right. It's kind of like spilled her, which it upsets him in a way. But uh, it's been kind of boiling up for the last several episodes that he was going to tell her because he actually likes her and they start off talking about you know his ex-wife and how she's decided to stick around and that sounds like you know Cordy's thinking that he's going to go back with her and he's almost sounding like he's thinking about doing that and then it kind of goes back to the Cordy Doyle relationship mm -hmm. and it looks like we're getting to the point now where it's going to finally happen and then this totally goes a different direction absolutely yeah what'd you make of the scourge the uh pursuer demons the almost nazi like demons well were. yeah nazi hellraiser is what i i thought. I, I thought it was kind of silly um yeah i didn't well, i think well, the we, idea of a, a group or an army or um a clan of, of uh demons who are going out to hunt half-breeds is good However, the whole marching thing and well, they're kind of stupid. Can I tell you what I wrote they're down They're tracking guys. They're tracking these guys and then they just hide behind a corner and they don't see them. Well, let me let me tell you what I took it as. This is like the demon initiative. You know, they're bad as an F too. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, they really they really are. I yeah. Mean, if you look at it, I I really took them as that, and I don't I don't know that that wasn't intentional as well. That they they weren't trying to go for that. I think that's. Uh, kind of the point but I, it, it's all a MacGuffin the whole point of this is because we want to have a place in a moment where Doyle can be really heroic and and go out and 
where he's got to make a change. And we also are going to toy with the audience, too, because Angel's just giving up Buffy to fight the good fight. You know, we know that, right? Mm-hmm. And now he sees this time to sacrifice himself for the good. And, okay, maybe this is it, right? And, I, you know, I mean, of course, no one really thinks, oh, this is going to be it. No way. But it, I don't know. It was, it was neat that they played with those expectations. Yeah, I, I would agree, too. But, you know, it just was kind of like, I don't know. I didn't really care for it. And the whole look of them, <laughs> yeah, especially when like- Angel joins, like, they're, like, half-faced, right? They got this, like, <laughs> leather head face, and then half yeah. of their face is, like, nails in it. And, yeah, yeah, nails in their neck, whatever that is. And then Angel has to, like, slick back his hair. Right, that's all he does. I know, I was, I was like, like that's, what? That's great costume hey, there, Another buddy. thing, too, Jay, as <laughs> yeah. we're going through the season one here of Angel, mm-hmm. I seem to always remember Angel not liking to put on his vamp face in Buffy series because mm-hmm. he didn't like how he looked as him. Right. And I see him doing it all the time in this series. I think that is specifically because he didn't like doing that in front of Buffy. And and didn't want to do that in front of her. And now that she's out of the picture, that's a natural inclination for him when he gets in a fight. Like think about all the times Spike, you know, would get just a little agitated. Well, even if he's not getting in a fight, he's yeah. just putting it on. Uh, yeah, and, uh, well, and I think too part of that is the producers here are wisely reminding people this guy is a vampire. He is a vampire. Do not forget, he well, is a vampire. I, if you've and, watched, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I, I, we, that's we a say given, that. right? Well, I know you say that, but you have to remind, even the most astute audience, you have to remind people, of, especially on episodic television shows, of character central attributes from time to time. You just have to do it. Even as redundant as it may seem, it, it's a good thing to do. And I'll be honest with you, I think the vamp makeup looks really good on this show yeah oh, especially yeah. on angel it looks great they, they've done and, a marvelous job of upgrading their stuff yeah, yeah definitely yeah and so and i i like it he's fierce and i that's just a good thing to do plus i'm not gonna lie i think because they've got him doing so much action and a lot of that is the stunt double a great way to hide that is put the vamp face on him because yeah. then you don't notice it as much <laughs> i Maybe. mean that's let's throw that out there that's probably very real so uh, i i'm i just think though that it's I don't even know if they're trying to make a big statement with it, Brian. I think they're just, you know, I threw that out there, but honestly, I think they're just using it because it's just a, you know, good thing to do. So, yeah, could be. I like the whole um, thing, though, when when it is revealed to Cordy what Doyle really is, and unlike what he's always expected that she would completely flip out and lose her mind, she <laughs> kind of comes to terms with it easier than you would have expected. Well, she just doesn't care, right? It, yeah. That's how it comes off. We've had episodes where she's like, demons are disgusting, this and that. But yeah. I think what happened with this episode is that she found her heart that all demons aren't bad. Right. Because she's helping a whole pack of them to exactly. escape. And I think that kind of opened her up to say, you know, it's not a big deal anymore. And consequence of him, her learning that he's half demon is like, oh, no big whoop. But mm-hmm. if this were to happen, maybe... Two episodes ago, she might have had a different reaction because they really haven't run into a whole lot of good demons yet until now. 
No, this is very true. That's so. not. That's right. So, but I think also the fact that you played it up that these demons that they're working with, these Lister demons, come off like a big family. She sees them in a different light than mm-hmm. she normally would. Yeah, and and that's by no mistake. So, yeah. um, I, I did like the trope of the beacon thing that could kill half breeds at a distance because you had to have a uh, beyond just the reason of you don't want to see you know half demon slaughtered it's got to be something that could be dangerous to angel too and others and so then you assume he would be in that pile as a half demon that it would destroy him too right right that's why i was kind of confused when they turned it on and destroyed the human because it it kills the humanity right right so it's not just going to destroy half demons it's going to destroy humans as well and they brought the human who kind of gave up the whole position of the of the group and put it on him and melted him away right now why didn't mm-hmm. angel get affected by that because he was pretty close to it i don't i don't know i, I think that's a plot hole honestly yeah, I, yeah, so. yeah I, I think that's one of those things that's like mm, maybe it wasn't powerful that. enough to reach 10 feet but maybe they didn't have it in the right order i don't know it's a good question so. maybe they didn't have it gassed up the whole way i don't know yeah but uh well they said yeah. it had to charge and it, and it would take like an hour or something like that and mm-hmm. once it was fully charged it was going to wipe out like x number of miles right so right. so i don't know i, I guess I maybe know. it's really weak at first you have to literally be on top of it to die yeah i don't i don't know but i like the way that it goes down at the end with duel and cordy and angel there and angel you know ready to make the sacrifice and all this and then Doyle just sucker punches him you know and knocks him off the scaffolding and so he turns around plants one on Cordy and you knew something was up because he did the little blue mist stuff and I remember thinking at the time I don't know what the heck that was and uh, well you can find out real quick in the next episode but I love the way Doyle goes out in this and I read a little production notes on it is that they wanted him to essentially melt away where there yeah. was no doubt. And yeah. and I, I liked that. I thought it was great. It was a great effect. And, I mean, it boils him down to you know, sinew and tissue and bone, and then he's, boom, he's gone. Well, I thought it was kind of crazy because you can see that he's slowly starting to deteriorate as he's trying to pull the plug or, or whatever it yeah. was there. And you would think that if that was happening, he'd lose his strength, but he seems to gain it back. Or I don't know, but mm-hmm. I, I liked how they did it. I, I thought it was cool. The effects were actually really kind of neat because it looked like he was waving in and out of of uh, being. And it was, I thought they did a good job with it. And he just kind of vanishes when the whole thing goes. Yeah, no, and I I like that it it, it works. His sacrifice is not for and nothing. I also works. like, too, that he finally accepts his half-demon self. Yeah, like he end, comes right? to terms with who he is and what he can do, you yeah. know, and and I kind of feel like, as a character, this this is was his moment, you mm-hmm. know. He, everybody gets a chance to do the right thing once, right? And this was his chance, and he made the most of it, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, I really did. And I and it, it ends with a great poignant bit with them watching him on that old, you know, VHS, that commercial they were trying to do. And, and what's funny is that the words he's saying are now not, not commercial. They are a comfort to his yeah. left behind friends. And yeah, I, and I, I like that they both kind of have the feels over it, you know, and the, well, they're yeah, dealing they, with it. They together, grew it a lot. You know? They grew to, to really like him a lot. You know, he's a friend. And, no, no, I agree. And it was sad yeah, to see I mean, him he, gone. He was, I, I just remember, like I said, when I first saw this for the first time, I was like, really? 
Well, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And then, like, of wow. course, our next episode, they find his replacement already. <laughs> I know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So let's just get to it, right? <laughs> of all the people you would have picked to be the, the third in Angel Investigations, mm-hmm. Wesley Wyndham Price would probably be the last person. I would have thought they would have stuck Faith on here somehow. Yeah. They would uh, have, you know, anybody, you know, well, they're going to introduce other characters later on. Maybe Kate quits the force and comes over, you know, something. But Wesley, sniveling right. little Wesley, <laughs> who last was seen on a gurney being hauled out of Sunnydale High School going, <laughs> please be gentle, you know, and now he's a rogue demon hunter. I love the way all this gets played up because they play it like, oh, this is a badass on a motorcycle. And then you see him and you're like, really? Right. I mean, it's kind of like the way if you've ever seen if you've ever seen the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, and when he puts on that leather suit, it's, he looks like such an asshole. This is the same way Wesley looks like wearing this leather outfit. I mean, it is hilarious, man. I, it was. I crack, and I will give it to Alexis Denisov, who can play the, to borrow a line from Joss Whedon, can play the shimp. You know, that's what Nicholas Brendan could do as as Xander. I think. Uh, Alexis Denisoff has always been able to find the inner dork that is Wesley and play it. And it's it's just fun. He's just a fun presence. Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier, too. I mean, of all the people, we wouldn't have chose this guy. But knowing where it goes after this, it was a, it was a great choice. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was um, quite surprised to see Wesley Winner Price there. And I, I love that he's still his normal dorky self, even up until the end of this episode where he's trying to stall leaving as long as he can until someone invites him to stick around. Exactly. Like, you want some eggs? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I know. I, I love that. He, oh, he, okay, sure. He has... Yeah, he essentially invites himself. And then at, even at breakfast, he's like, I was told there would be toast. You well, know? my angel so. says toast yeah. and he's like yeah. i'll have toast he's like you said something about toast, <laughs> toast. yeah no, i know i love the whole thing but but here's the thing i'll say this as fun as it is to have wesley back on this i will say of these three episodes this one has the weakest plot of, of all of them I mean, it's it's yeah. it's pretty thin man i mean you gotta admit that the demon think, auction for human parts i didn't well, really it's not it. for human parts they were not auctioning human parts at all they were auctioning demon mystical parts they were trying to auction cordy's eyes because she's a oh, seer that's now. right the vision that's yeah. right you're and right okay they, see I they did that. the horn so he the the mm-hmm. demon that he's been following they thought was the other the other guy and it ended up being the em- em- empathy demon who's going after him and collecting these parts so his goal was to get the horn off of that other demon and he got it but then as he was sitting there pretending to hide out because he thought he was being hunted Mm-hmm. Uh, he learned Cordy basically spills the beans on the fact that she's now got visions. And so mm-hmm. now he's after her. And so, you know, you find out what a seedy demon this guy is. And um, so I thought the plot was actually pretty good because it the, the point of this episode was to, number one, introduce Wesley as a new character in the Angel series. And number two, show that Cordelia now has to look after herself because she's going to be hunted. Yeah, I mean, no, I think you're exactly right. Is that Cordy first learns she has these visions when she's at the audition for the stain? <laughs> that was a order. great, great, great. That scene. is comic gold. <laughs> yes, that is so funny because they tell her, like, she's so upset because she's still upset about Dole being dead. Well, and she's reading and, about all these things, like, it goes away. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all this, yeah, it's all this civil, heavy symbolism and stuff like that. And, and they're like, okay, do it a little more, you know, like this, this time. And she's like, it is. It will go 
what? She just loses she her mind because her yeah. head, yeah, because her <laughs> head is killing her. You know, it's it's driving her nuts, and and then she just freaks out in front of him. I thought that was great. I I really did. I I laughed at all of that. I, yeah, it was wonderful. I, I thought it was fantastic too. I. I really, I thought, you know, of the three, maybe it's the weakest, but not by a ton. I thought this was a fun episode, actually, quite a bit, and I, I loved seeing Wesley back, and, and I, and I liked. Yeah, um, no, I, yeah. I, I think what the episode does is good. I just think of the when you put the three of them together and to kind of judge them as a group together. To me, it's the weakest one of the three, but that's not yeah. to say it's not any good. Right. I think it's plenty good. It's just it, it doesn't have all that, but it introduces an important character and it, it puts the focus on where it should be. It, it, we've had, a, we've had an angel centric episode. Mm-hmm. We had a Doyle centric episode. This was kind of a Cordy centric episode. I mean, it, it, Wesley's a big part of it too, but this is very much about Cordy. And now she's, I mean, we've just made her mystical, Brian. I mean, well, of all yeah, the, made ditzy her very people, important. <laughs> yeah. Of all the ditzy people, you can lay something like that on. What a great idea though. And again, I, I credit David Greenwald for a lot of that. I know he didn't write this episode, but he's running the show here with Joss and he's the one that wanted Cordy on the show to begin with. Yeah. And I think from what I understand, he was the one that pushed like, we got to give Cordy a magical power. We got to do something. We got to have some reason for her. She can't just be the secretary. You know, we've got to give something that will tie her to this and make her buy in. And sure enough, this, this does it. So I, I liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was great too. I, I thought the, like you said, they did a really good job of setting up Cordy as someone who's going to be now important, very important to this team. I mean, mm-hmm. like hugely important to this team. <laughs> yeah. And that she has to watch out because the, the, uh, underworld's going to be after her too now because they now know that she has power. Um, mm-hmm. and Wolferman Hart is set up again. Uh, as a bad guy in this, as they're at the auction trying to bid on her, and we, you know, they haven't done a whole lot with Wolfman Hart yet, but they keep laying the seeds of we need to pay attention to this Wolfman Hart because somewhere down this line they're going to become very important. Oh, absolutely, and I, I love how they're getting peppered back into this too. It's reminding us again who the real enemy is here and centering that. And I will say this about Wesley: when he stops trying to be rogue demon hunter badass, UFO <laughs> badass, he's actually really useful. He's the younger Giles. Yeah, I mean, he oh, yeah. really is, and that's what he was before he got completely, you know, un, unraveled over on Buffy by you know everything that went down with Faith and stuff. He he's smart. I mean, he's really smart, and he can research, and he's he knows things, and he's automatically contributing to the group. Doyle was kind of the streetwise yeah. version of all of that. Well, Wesley's got all the watchers information exactly. to go with it. Because lest we forget, I mean, he got the fired. Yeah. yeah, he got fired, but he was still smart enough to do it. And I I liked that he had immediate contribution mm-hmm. that was valuable and made him different than. Some of the other groups. I I just thought that was fabulous. I agree. I thought it was great. I I liked having Wesley, you know, back. And we needed someone who was a little more book smarts and and knowledgeable because mm-hmm. Angel doesn't know everything, and no. we know Cordy doesn't, and we learned Doyle really doesn't either. He was right. he was very smart to certain things, but other things he had no clue on. So to bring someone in who has that background, educational knowledge, I guess you could say. And um, kind of the resources that a Giles had for Buffy uh, right. is nice, and I'm glad we have that back on this show too. So, yeah, yeah no, I I agree. I thought that was great to make him that kind of yeah that kind of player in the, in the mix because you had you had to have someone like that as a part of this, or else this was never going to work. No, right? for sure. 
Yeah, and and they did a good job of, of layering him in there, and he actually proves fairly useful in the fight. I mean, he's not he doesn't really you know win, but he can at <laughs> least hang in there. He's not totally worthless, and I I liked that they again gave him. <laughs> places to go. I love when he's digging into his sock trying to get a knife to cut Cordy out and he <laughs> yeah. keeps falling over. Yeah, he keeps falling over. So yeah, he's, he's that was hilarious. Good. But she, and she ultimately is the one that's able to take out that demon. I thought that was great. They let Cordy have that big moment where she gets to stab something. I remember uh, Charisma Carpenter saying when she was going off of the Buffy show, she's like, can I please stake something? Right. I don't get to stake anything. Can I stake something, please? And they let her stake, you know, some demon or whatever, which I thought was great. Yeah, so, no, that was good. No, no, I liked it. It was it was a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. well, well, Brian, let's talk about what these episodes do for Angel's path to redemption. And I, I kind of had three notes here, and I'll I'll throw these to you, and you tell me, you know, what you think. I think it it, it first affirms Angel's decision to fight the good fight mm-hmm. in spite of the costs, the personal costs, and that it costs him a personal life, if if you will. I think yeah. that's a big part of particularly that first episode, and even the second one. Uh, Doyle does the bravest thing he's ever done, you know, in his whole life, and it cost him his life but he does the bravest thing and i think it brings angel and cordy closer together and it brings them even the most unlikely of teammate but a really interesting teammate i would agree with those i think the assessment basically is is that angel um his path to redemption could have been done Mm -hmm. right i mean he he was made full human and he decided to give it back because he felt that he was better off fighting uh, the evil side of things than just living out a normal human existence and not bothering with it anymore. So mm-hmm. that that's one way, you know. I mean, like you said, like we said, his path to redemption technically could have been done, but mm-hmm. but it's not, and he chose to continue it. And I think that's a big decision for him. Um, Cordy, uh, Cordy's importance to his, the team has gone up drastically, from basically a secretary slash you know finance person <laughs> if you want to call her that to now uh, a member of the team who's going to give important information at untimely matter for her <laughs> uh, um, and then Wesley you know bringing Wesley onto the team we're, we're building Angel's team on his path to redemption and I think that's a huge part we lose one we gain another and the team gets stronger I think I, I agree with that. I do think it does get stronger. And some of that's foreknowledge of knowing where the Wesley character goes. But even in this first episode, I think he brings things to the table that Duel just didn't. And mm-hmm. and also doesn't have some of the baggage that Duel came with. Right. And so I, I like it. I thought it was good, too. Well, it's time to give our episode ratings one to four stakes. So give us uh, your episode ratings, Brian, for I Will Remember You, Hero, and Parting Gifts. Well, I, I, I Will Remember You is a absolutely phenomenal episode episode um i'm gonna give that a uh four stakes i just really absolutely love that one parting gifts i thought was a very decent episode and um had a really just gut-wrenching finale and so for that one i'm gonna go with three stakes and for the final episode i just i love having wesley back I, i i don't know the comedy that came out of this one from just him being there alone makes this a three stakes for me. I agree with you on that first episode. That's a four stakes are all the way for me. And I'm going to say the second one is too. 
I, I that's one of those that a lot of times winds up on you know the best of angel lists and stuff. And I would agree with that assessment. I think Kira's right up there as a four stakes. And I've already said I didn't think Parting Gifts was as strong as those two, but I still think it's good. And mostly because Wesley is such a fun character for me, and I've always liked him, and I really like what they've done. And I like that they gave Cordy a really neat power, and and she's dealing with it about like you think she would. So, <laughs> um, and it's it's well done. It's, it's well done. I give that one a three stakes. As well. So, I mean, th- this is a strong bank of episodes here as we head into mid-season. I mean, that's really where we are. The next round will pass the mid-mark for Angel Season 1, and, I mean, they're only getting started with it. Yeah, long ways to go. Indeed, long ways to go. Folks, thanks for joining us on this latest episode of Path to Redemption. You can find more episodes on our website, theartofslaying.com. You can also find links to our other podcast adventures. Hook up with us on Facebook, Twitter. Let us know what you think of the show, what you think of our review of the episodes. We always appreciate your support and your feedback. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for joining us on Path to Redemption. Thank you for listening to Path to Redemption and Angel Retrospective. You can find more episodes at our website, continuousplaypodcast.com. Angel is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. 